Welcome to Kodesh Louisville. We invite you to personally discover the life-changing impact of the Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Harold Eddie He serves as a reverend in the United Denominations, originating of the Lighthouse Group of Churches, with over 3,000 branches worldwide. Reverend Harold currently pastors the Louisville Branch, a vibrant church located in the Kentucky area. We believe this message will give you the grace to strengthen your Christian life. Now listen to Reverend Harold. Amen. Pastor Hans is a bassist, but took him down and is watching the amateurs to struggle. Amen. That's all of us should learn how to play something. Mr. Azamoa. <laughs> I just mentioned your name. You know you are laughing. What a shock. Brighto, you are a lead guitarist. Eh? When you go to uh, Lexington, that professional playing, they don't joke. Hallelujah. What a joy it is. Amen. Can we have the testimony last um, Sunday's testimony from the one that the pastor had the accident? Let's watch that and then I'll preach. Amen. It's a very powerful testimony. As um, prepare for that testimony to come. Amen. It's a joy and it's an honor to be here. Give five people a high five. Just rise out of your seat and give five people a high five. Five people, a high five. Wow. Five people, a high five. What a blessing that it is to be in the house of Jehovah God. Amen. Is the testimony coming or the testimony is on break? Hallelujah. So we thank God so much for everything that he has been doing in our lives. And um, God has been so good to us. God has been kind and faithful. Let's watch this testimony. Amen. And then we'll share. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless the Lord. I think that God is doing wonders. Hallelujah. So as we listen to our Father and he makes the declarations and the prophecies over our lives, we must believe them. Amen. Because they do work. Hallelujah. They do work. As you are going and you believe in the power of God and what your Father has said. Because when your Father speaks over your life, they come to pass. That is why as parents, you have to be very careful what you say into the life of your children. Can I have an amen? Tell somebody my three blessings are on the way. Some people don't believe it. You're, the way you are saying it, Kra. Tell them my great blessings are on the way. You're about to get a bonus that you did not expect. Hallelujah. A bonus be that you are not expecting. You will see now the thing has showed up. Hallelujah. May that be our portion. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So we want to continue. We started talking about backsliding. 
Amen. And we said, I believe last week also, we watched our father speak to us about backsliding. And we want to continue. So generally, we saw in Matthew chapter 20, verse 16, we talks about that the last shall be the first and the first shall be the last. Hallelujah. What that means is that it's not everybody that starts the race that would finish in time. Amen. So he that thinketh his standard should take heed lest he fall it. It says, so the last shall be the first and the first the last. For many be called, but few are chosen. Hallelujah. It means that many are called to be Christians and to start that Christian race. Hallelujah. To start that Christian race. You may be coming to midweek services, but if you don't continue, and you don't continue to depend on the Lord, five years down the line, you would have backslidden, and somebody who did not know the Lord has now come and has embraced God seriously. Hallelujah. That is the scary aspect of our lives as Christians and as believers. Because that's what it says. It said that so the last shall be the first, and the first the last. For many be called, but few are chosen. It means that we were all called to do something. We're all called, but along the line, something happened that a few moved on and a few remained. May we not be the people that shall remain. May we also move forward. May we press on. Press on towards the goal. Press on, press on, right on. Press on all the way to the end. So that we would also be counted amongst those that have been chosen. Are you still here or you have gone home? Hallelujah. We are saying that to backslide is to move from a place that you were, you know, backwards. You know, and the interesting thing is that let's say if I'm, I'm, I'm driving on the freeway, right, and I saw Sister Vic on the freeway, right, and then I passed her. She's going 70 kilometers per hour, and maybe I was going 85. Then I passed her, you know. When I passed her and I saw she waved, and I made up my mind to go back. You realize that I cannot just stop and begin to go back. So I'll begin to slow down. Can I have an amen? So I have already made up my mind that I am going back. But I would begin by slowing down. Somebody who is standing by would think that I'm still moving forward. But actually, I have made up my mind to slow down. And that is how backsliding is. You may be coming to church more than somebody who does not come to church. You may be trying to, you know, do your uh, ritualistic Christianity as much as uh, when you get up in the morning, you remember, oh, Father, bless me. John 3.16 says that then you are out, you are gone. It's like you have already decided that you are going back, but still you are taking slow steps. Because when somebody is running fast and they begin to slow down, you know, sometimes, you know, even like when you are sitting in a car, and then you stop and something is moving on your side. If you don't take care of yourself, you feel that you are moving forward. How many of us have felt that way before? So that is how backsliding is. That is why I say that the first shall be the last. Because many be called, but few are chosen. You know, but amen. So we, you and I should always strive as much as we can to be moving forward. Because Satan also is trying to put things in our way that will cause us to slow down. Because slowing down is the beginning of backsliding. Can I have an amen? That no Sunday you come to church and you lift up your hands for about five minutes. When you go out of here, that's it. And God, you are finished. The next time again is the time that you come to church. You are actually dead. 
So there are a lot of people who come to church who actually they return of the living dead. They have come back, but actually they are dead. Still here. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. They that endure to the end, they are the ones who that will do what? Put it up for us. The people that endure to the very end, they are the ones that would what? That would win the crown. Or the people. So that means that not everybody is going to get to the very end. The thing is scary. What do you think, Brother Bright? It's very scary. It's like not everybody who is going, but you know, trying to like you are trying to run in a race. That is why only one person wins the race. I remember when I was in high school, when I was in a lower six, and then they said they were going to do a relay, like houses. You know, we had like colleges, you know, your dormitories and stuff. And then I wanted to take advantage of my long legs. Then I joined the relay team, the four by four. Hey. Then on the first time, the heat, we didn't have much time, so we did it once. Then the actual interhouses was on the way. So the first time, you know, it was a lot of us. So when we started, and then I used a few skills, and then I qualified. When we went around, I was the fourth. So it happened that they need four people to do the relay, so I made it. So I was added to the team. Then also I tried hurdles, you know, and then I was added to the team. Hey, Charlie, Jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the actual time came. Then we started the hurdles. When I lifted up my eye, I realized that the team is taller than I thought. <laughs> After everyone, I pushed one down. After everyone, I pushed one down. I didn't qualify, you know, like, so, you know, then the relay came. But you see, the guy, the, 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 the fastest runner, he was the one that won the 100 meters, the 200 and the 400. Happened to be in the same hall with me, so he was in my team. It's good to be on the side of a winning team. <laughs> so when they assessed the thing, they decided that the guy who was second would start the thing. So the second guy started. And then they gave it to um, the guy who was third. Then finally, they handed the thing over to me so that the champion will be the last. Hey! At that point, I felt that my heart was coming out of my chest. Then I had a physics teacher called Rufus. He was standing there. He was cheering me on. He was cheering me on. He was cheering me on. It's like he's moving at the same speed as I was running. It was in. I felt like, but you know, I saw the guy standing there. They said, come, come, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. So as they were encouraging me, as they, so I barely, no, I straight, I gave the thing to the guy. When he received it, one guy had already passed him. And the other two, had, were, that, they almost received it at the same time. When the guy took the thing, he overtook the guy. That's how come we won the gold medal. But I was with the winning team. Hey! After that, I've never tried hurdles. I've never tried four by four. Because you will never know until the day of accountability. But I can say that, you know, I've done hurdles. I've done four by four. Yeah. It wasn't easy. Up until today, I remember it. My 
my heart was coming out of my chest. Because it's not everybody that starts the race that would win. That is why only one person. And this time around, we won the thing because of strategies. In the Christian race, you cannot use strategies to win. There are no strategies. One guy said, he was, you know, said that, you know what? With connection, he comes from where I come from. He said, with connection, we can enter heaven. When I get to the gate and I see any angel, then I'll just well, pass, pass the angel. <laughs> when, we, when we get to heaven, there are no such things. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you still here? So they that endure to the end, Bible says that they are the ones that would win the race. When we think about the story of the, the ten virgins, the, the issue was not the fact that they all did not, they did not receive an invitation. All of them received an invitation, right? All of them had the alarm, they pick it up. But the difference was that extra oil. Because we all will begin. It's like at a point in time, we all feel that we are equal. We come to church, you come to church, you sing in the choir, I sing in the choir, you know, I preach a little, you preach a little, we are all the same. But Bible is telling us that those that took that extra oil, those that had prepared for the unseen, those that were waiting upon the Lord when nobody was watching, those that were taking God seriously, they are the ones that will finish the race. But when the bridegroom appeared. What happened? The five. Now they, they went to the other five and they said, please, spare some. They said, this one is each one for himself. God for us all. This is our Christian walk. It is each one for himself. My salvation, an individual affair. My wife's salvation is an individual affair. So everyone must work out his salvation with what? Fear and trembling. Are you still here? Or you have gone home. Hallelujah. So if you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. Sometimes we just, I mean, we can be preaching, but we are backsliding. It is possible. There are backsliding pastors, bishops all over the place. Now somebody that you may not even regard is the person who is actually having a deep relationship with the Lord. Hallelujah. That is why in the last days, many shall come and say, Lord, Lord, why we did this and we did this in your name. If they were not people that God has chosen and people have called, how would they do something in his name? The platform has to be created. You cannot just be walking and see a cripple and say that you rise up and walk. There was an atmosphere that was created on a crusade ground or in a meeting where the power of God was flowing and then God used them to do something and it makes them think that they're bad. But the unction, the anointing that comes upon them came upon them for them to function. But after that, when we have been studying about that in the book, the anointing and it's anointed. The anointed and it's anointing, right? Yeah. So we've been studying that there is an anointing that comes upon you. There is one that is within you and there is a one, one that comes with you. The one that comes upon you is the unction to function. It comes upon you to do something. That is why it is that when that spirit is lifted up, that is why many ministers fall after they've had a very powerful ministration. And we saw a typical example when Jesus Christ was tempted in the wilderness. After 40 days and 40 nights, when he was at his peak, that was when Satan came to tempt. That's why he that thinketh he standeth, he should take heed lest he fall it. 
Because you can easily feel that I just had 40 days and 40 nights, so I am sharp. Then you'll be messing up with demons. They will show you the potential difference. Do you know any such thing? Are you still here? Hallelujah. 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 So Satan wants you to pull back or he wants you to slow down. He wants you to feel that, you know, I, you know I've, 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 done, I've done all that I could. So, you know, let me just take it easy. Let me just take it easy. Ah, we have, we have tried. I've given, uh, I've, I've, I've done, I've come to the meetings. Uh, you know, so, you know, let me take it easy. Let me just relax a little bit, you know. But that is, and as soon as you made up your mind to slow down, that is the beginning of backsliding. Can I have an amen? How many of us are feeling that maybe by now you are backsliding. All of us. You can feel it, right? God is speaking to us. So I want to talk tonight. We want to go straight. I'm preaching from our father's book, Backsliding. This is a book that we have in the bookshop. You can get one and read. It's a, a book that will bless us mightily. Causes of backsliding. Everything has a cause. Amen? What is the cause of pot belly? <laughs> what causes pot belly? Eating late. Huh? Too much alcohol. Yeah, some people say too much alcohol, it bloats the belly. Some people eating late. Uh, yeah. What else? Junk food, no exercise. So everything has a cause. What is the cause of failure? Like you are going to take an exam and you fail. What? Overconfidence. Sometimes not reading the question. As soon as you start, you read the first part of the stem. You say, oh, this we go feed you. I know. Then you jump. That was one thing when I was preparing for NCLEX. I came to realize. When I read the question, I immediately I choose the answer without thinking about it. I come to realize that my rationale for even getting it was not right in the first place. Can I have an amen? So everything has a cause. You know? Why do people just get angry? There must be a cause for them getting angry. Why does your boss like you? Then there has to be something about you that makes them so everything has a cause. So now we are talking about backsliding. So before we go into the book, so what do you think? What are some of the causes of backsliding? How many of us here have backsliding before? But by the grace of God, you are back on course. All right. What caused you to backslide? Laziness, let me sleep a little bit. Laziness, let me sleep a little bit. Okay. Yeah, so laziness. What else? At least we have one answer from here. How about here? Mr. Samuel, you are the leader of this group. Oh, remember, we haven't forgotten. How about over here? What? Pride. Okay, pride can also cause you to backslide. That's when you feel that you know too much. Yes, what else? Offense. Offense can also make you backslide. Because once you get offended and it goes through the stages, you are on the path to what? Disloyalty and you'll be cut off completely. So you backslide. What else? Self-righteousness. You know, yes. What else? Circumstances. The presence of life. And these are the things that you cannot do away. The circumstances that you know, face us, you know, like, I mean, the pressures of this life. You have to rise up early in the morning so you can go and clock in. Some people, as they are clocking, it's like 
giving a relay baton to somebody. They have to do this so that immediately they finish swiping all that it's time so that they don't take 15 minutes of their paycheck. Hey, this is some people park their car somewhere because traffic and then they'll be running just so that they can make it on time. May God be able to get us to do such things for him. You still here? What are other causes? What are... Vince, you said you are backsliding before. What made you backslide? Hey, you remember 2012? Charlie, you are strong. <laughs> so, what caused it? Um, well, just bad influences. Saying. Bad influences. You know, people around you, you know, the person that advises you, whoever you are taking advice from, you know, can cause you to backslide. Wow. Hallelujah. Are you still here? So we just want to look at the causes of what? Backsliding. Number one is shallowness. Shallowness. Hallelujah. Shallowness. What does it mean to be shallow? Shallowness means that you are not deep. You have no depth. There are many Christians who have no depth. They don't know God for themselves. They don't read their Bible for themselves. That is why the slightest thing they want to call a man of God. Oh, pastor, pray for me. Pastor, pray for me. Why don't you pray for yourself? Because the pastor is praying based on the same words. Can I have an amen? There are many sharp Christians. They have no roots. You know, they are just full of themselves, not making any effort to get deep with the Lord. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 8, when you read the parable that Jesus Christ taught about the sower who went to sow, and then some fell what? On rocky ground, some fell, you know, by the roadside and all those things. The verse 13, in Luke chapter 8, verse 13. All right, let's, let's just read it. Go back to verse 8. Let's read it quickly. Let's read it quickly. Yeah. And other fell on what? Good grounds and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had what? Said these things, he cried, he that hath ears let, uh, to hear, let him hear. Next verse. And his disciple asked him, saying, what might this parable be? So as he was, the disciple could really understand what Jesus Christ was saying. And he said unto, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Next verse. Let's open it. Open in your Bible. And let's read it. If you open it, just read from that point. Is it coming back? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Lest they should believe and be saved. 
They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in the in time of temptation fall away. Hallelujah. Just right there. So it says that the ones that fell on the rock, they receive. You are going to be the of, uh, official reader for the service. So hold on to the mic. Hallelujah. Amen. So it says that the ones that fell on the rock, they are the ones who heard the word of God with gladness, with joy. They were full of excitement when they heard the word of God. When you come to church and you hear the word, hey, preach, receive. And people are jumping and they are receiving with all excitement. But the Bible says that they receive the word. These have no roots. They have no root. They believe only for a little while. And when trials and temptation comes, when they are tempted, then everything disappears. Hallelujah. So shallowness, not having roots, not having roots in the word of God, not even understanding why you are Christian, not even understanding why you speak in tongues, not even understanding why you give, not even understanding why it is important to come to church. That's why somebody would tell you that, you know, I can stay in my own house and have my own service. Can I have an amen? You meet people who say that. You may meet Jehovah Witnesses who don't, who don't believe in tongue speaking. They say that they believe in God, but they don't believe in tongue speaking. It's the gift of God. One of the marks of the presence of God with us is the word, the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, when they were gathered in the upper room, Bible says that, you know, the spirit of the Lord fell upon them like loving tongues of fire, and they all began to speak in a known tongue. Speaking in tongues. Speaking mysteries unto God. That is the reason why we speak. It's not that we are speaking in tongues because somebody told us to speak in tongues. Somebody said, why is it that, they, you know, when they're speaking, it's like, ta 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 ba 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 The Bible tells us that with stammering tongue, you speak mysteries unto God. So tongues is supposed to be like that. Say, so when I hear you, you are saying, kaka ka 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 what are you kaka As you continue, your tongue will change. As you mature, sometimes you begin to speak. Some people, when they speak in tongues, you, you feel that they are speaking some language. Do you know where this thing uh, came from? I receive it. Do you know why when Bishop speaks, they say, I receive it? They started, you know, sending his tongues to um, what, what is like the Google Translator or something like that. And they realized that as he speaks, some of them were blessings. The literal meaning of the, the tongues that, when he says, Shabakataya, it means something. That is why the people are receiving it. You see, we, 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 are not, we don't know what is going on. So when somebody is rising up and receiving, somebody asking that, why is it that when he says that, you, you say, I receive it? There is a meaning and there is the reason why people are receiving it. Because they've seen that as he even preaches and as he speaks, those words are translated to mean divine blessings upon people. I mean specific blessings. I've forgotten exactly what these things mean. The last words he was preaching and I heard him say it. He had even one person come and then he said something, put it on and then the translator came and then he said what type of blessing it is. So he's speaking some language Somewhere that he is, he doesn't even know. Hallelujah. 
Speaking mysteries. That is why when the people began to speak in an unknown tongue in Acts chapter 2, Bible says that the people that lived there, they began to understand what they were speaking and they marveled at how come that these people, they are not from here, but they are, we are able to understand what they are saying. But the people were speaking the language, they were speaking in tongues. One of the greatest gifts is to be able to speak and to interpret it yourself. Let's pray for it. One of the highest gifts you can have. That God, I'm not talking about, you know, just that, but as you speak, you know what you are saying. You understand? It's a, it's a gift that God will give to us. Hallelujah. Are you still here or you have gone home? So every Christian must endeavor to have deep roots. Because you will receive the word with joy and excitement. But what does it say? It says what? When temptation comes, when trials come, when difficult time comes, then because the word does not have root, anything that does not have root, it will die. Amen. Anything that does not have root, it will what? It will die. When the storm comes, sometimes you wonder how that a very big tree, when there was a small storm, the tree came down. It's just because either the tree is rotting on the inside or the tree has no depth. That is why the tree came down. Hallelujah. But may God give us the grace. I say may God give us the grace. May God give us the grace. As for testing, everybody will be tested. Everybody will be tested. And in our case, like I always say, when you become matured in a certain way, Pastor Hans, you will not be, test be tested by a woman because you will just walk away. But you could be tested with assisting a lie that will put money in your pocket. It's a test. So everybody's test can come in a different way. Can you hit the jackpot? Mega jackpot. Or power bowl or whatever they say it. So some of us, we don't know the technology, so feed us with the technologies. Hey! Or you will be the one who is, you are working in an alcohol store. When they come, then you, you are the one who takes it and hand it over to them. Yes. Oh, Pastor, what is wrong with it? You are selling alcohol. <laughs> Habakkuk 2.15. Give us Habakkuk 2.15. Habakkuk 2.15. It's a war unto him who giveth drink to his neighbor. Is it there? It's a war unto him that giveth his neighbor drink. That putteth thy what? Thy bottle to him and maketh him drunk also, right? That thou mayest look on their what? Nakedness. When somebody is drunk, you are, you are seeing their nakedness. Not necessarily that they have removed their clothes. But people, when they drink, they misbehave. Things that are hidden. That, you know, it's like, you, you, you will never know how bush a person is until you find them in their drunk state. So there's everything wrong with you being the one that put that drink to your neighbor. You know, when I heard this scripture, a long time ago, it was Christmas time. Methodist church. 
And then the priest, when he was preaching, he decided to blast the people. Then he brought the scripture. The whole church was dead silent. Because people had prepared after Christmas. Come for party. Beer. This, this, this. And then the pastor comes and his message, woe unto you. And when you read it in the tree, it, it's, it pronounces real curses and blessings. That day was not easy. All Christmas parties were canceled. <laughs> How many of us have seen this scripture before? Yeah, people say, no, drink, don't boost. We pull, pull this one. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. But when we are deep, we have depth and we have the word, even the choices that we make. So it's okay. You know, I'll have to have unbeliever friends so that I can win some iron sharpened iron. What you don't know is that they would corrupt your senses. That is what has happened. I mean, it was so strange that I got, we got an email that now when we come to the lab, we have to wear, even lecturing, we have to wear lab coats and, uh, you know, we can't wear, you know, fleece jackets and all those things. Then later on, we, another email comes and says that if you want to, to dress in any Halloween costume and all those things, it's okay. You, you can dress there. So I was sitting there. We cannot wear regular flea jacket when the place is cold, but we can dress in Halloween. Which one presents professionalism? You understand? But what we have to know is that Satan is behind it. The whole hospital, they blocked one area of a parking lot so that people would dress in a Halloween this thing to celebrate. I mean, people have dressed like witches and wizards. Celebrating satanic things. Oh, I mean, fully out of ignorance. That is why it's wrong for us to have those kind of fall parties or something that we are also having a a program Halloween night so that we prevent our children. We just have to tell our children that we do not celebrate such things. We have candy every day. We, 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 we have the candy man. We don't wait a particular season. Can I have an amen? Because all these things, we must tell them. We must teach them. Last year when the kids brought a lot of candy, I just took the candy and said, look at it carefully. You will not eat it in one of those. Then me, myself, I went to the store and I bought them candy so that they understand that it is not about trick or treat. Or is that how they say it? What? Trick or treat. There's even a trick in it. Can I have an amen? Can I have an Amen. Those candies have been sacrificed for something, or there have been some prayers, or something has been done to it. You have to be afraid. Hallelujah. You have to be afraid. A deep Christian will know the true meaning that is satanic worship. Satanic worship. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. Having roots. If we are shallow, we can easily backslide hallelujah so that when crisis come when difficult times come sometimes people you know you come to the point you've lost your job somebody you know told a lie about you 
Then you go to a corner and say, God, why me? Why not you? But you must know that it is in the midst of the storm that you will know that the God that you serve is a faithful God. Amen. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? So, don't follow, you know, anything at all, but follow the word of God. Paul said, that follow me as I follow Christ. Hallelujah. We see pictures of, you know, ministers who are deceiving their church members to chew grass. One time I saw they, they, the people should drink petrol. Dr. Tunde gave them gas to drink, but he himself was not going to drink. The people forced him, opened his mouth and poured the gas. They all died. Guy. Hey! One time I saw, I think it was a Kenyan pastor. The members came out and they went into the grass and they began to chew the grass. You have seen that video before. Chewing the grass. I mean, chewing the grass. Listen, if you are deep, if you are deep, some of these things you will not follow. You will not follow. We were born on Wednesday, but not today. It's been a, a, a while. Yeah, that's, nobody can just come and tell you that, you know, sometimes it's like, because of your shallowness, you got an email that you've won one, $150 million. But before you get that money, bring 350 to process it. Then somebody will go to the bank and take 350 If I have one set amount of money, why don't you take what you need from it and bring me the rest? Hallelujah. Because it's lack of knowledge. The people perish because of lack of knowledge, because people are not deep, because people don't understand. There are many believers, the reason why they move from church to church is that they don't know what they are looking for. They don't know what they are looking for. Because in a church, you'll be offended. In a church, somebody will say something that you don't like. Somebody's going to do something. I mean, it's like, one time somebody was just saying something, and then it's like, you know, he, he said, the way you said it. I said, how did I say it? See, the way you said it, it's, it's not about anything, but the way you said it, and I got offended. I said, how else should I say it? Because if I have to say it, then I have said it. Then I have said it. But if you are matured, then you take it that this thing that has been said, it is not specifically targeted to you. But it's because we are reading the word of God. And many fall by the wayside simply because of he said, they said. The usher, when I, when I said, I say good morning, and then many times the person's mind is not even. Have you gone to a place that you have said good morning? They didn't mind you. Right? You said they didn't mind you. When you were, you were somewhere here, they said, oh, hi, Harold. Hi, Harold. They've now realized that a human being just passed. So you realize that their mind was, you know, on something else. So we must learn to make excuses for people. Because this thing could be the basis of somebody even just leaving the church or somebody backsliding. Can I have an amen? Many people have stopped following God because they had an encounter with somebody that they think is a man of God or a minister of the gospel. And the thing did not go so well. So they have decided that we don't want anything to do with any church. I know somebody, his entire family, they are priests. But when you look at the prophet is not accepted in their in his own country. It's like your brothers look at you and say that who is 
this guy that now he thinks that, you know, so, so like, so, so they have resolved never to, I mean, they don't want to have anything to do with priests. As a brother or sister would be jovial when they're around you. A man of God is first a man before of God. So if he makes a mistake, you should not capitalize on the mistake and say that because of this, you are leaving. If you are leaving, you can go. But when you go to the other church, the same thing that happened in the first place is just waiting for it to happen. That's why you must, you must know God for yourself. Because the temptation that is going to, you know, approach you, that same temptation, if you leave the church and you go to the world, you go and meet somebody in a business place, at a job place, who look at your face and do the same thing to you. Because you are just running from frying pan to fire. You might as well stay in the frying pan so that you, you get, you know, built up. Are you still here or you have gone home? Let us follow Christ. Let us follow him. Do we have some time? Oh, we have only eight minutes. Eight minutes is plenty. <laughs> I tell you. Hallelujah. Are you still here or you have gone home? Let us follow. And one of the things, one recently I was talking to a guy and he was, you know, he was trying to make comparison and then all those things, trying to say, Bishop, or you're the poor and this person and this person. I said, don't go there. Don't go there. If somebody is doing or a minister is doing something that you don't like, choose a good example and you follow. Because when you lift up your mouth against that God's chosen, what you don't know is that, and we are studying about that, that what you don't know is that when you mess with the man of God, you are not messing with the man, you are messing with the Holy Spirit. Because God anointed Jesus Christ with what? The Holy Ghost and power. So as people were messing with Jesus Christ, they were not messing with him, the man. They were actually messing with the Holy Ghost. And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it is only the Holy Spirit that when you sin against, you will not be forgiven. Can I have an amen? It's, it's really scary. So let that man of God, the one that God has chosen, even if what they are doing, that's what Bishop Doug will say, that when he's watching a TV or something, he see a man of God deviating, he will switch it quickly to animal kingdom so that he doesn't make a mistake of judging somebody because that person has been also called by God. Because remember that in the Bible, even great prophets like Elijah made, made error. Right? What was the name of um, um, this king? The one that um, uh, what is, um, Hannah was crying. Eli. Yeah. Eli also made an error. So he said, you know, woman, you are, you are drunk. Because everything that she was doing, but she was groaning and was talking to God. A prophet of his caliber. Can I have an Amen. So it is possible. Can I have an amen? But we have to be deep. Hallelujah. And believe. When I stand here and I say something, check in your Bible. If it's in the Bible, believe. If it's not in the Bible, just say that from whence cometh this? <laughs> Let's go to the Bible. Where is this one also coming from? Yeah. Where is this one also coming from? Where in the Bible does it say that? And you pick it. But if it is in the Bible, then we go ahead and we flow. 
Brother Bright, what do you think? The next one is emptiness. If we end on emptiness, there are so many points, and then we'll go emptiness. Hallelujah. Emptiness. So shallowness is no root. Emptiness is what? <laughs> the scholars. So what? Uh, what? Shallowness is no root. Is to no root. So what? Emptiness is to what? Dryness, no seed. Or zero, nada. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. Emptiness. The most empty vessels are the ones that make a lot of noise. You see it by their dressing. When you see their shoe, when you see their suit, when you see they open their mouth, you see that, hey, this thing is loud. Sanguines are like that. Most, not all, some. Some are like that. They are very loud. But when you engage them in real conversation, you realize that everything that they are saying is just at the just to impress you that they watch some news and they saw some headlines. You see, no, they have posted it. Hey, have you heard it? Yeah, yeah. Nothing, no, empty. Making the most noise. Are you still here? You have gone home. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. Pull it up for us. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as what? Sounding brass and what? Tinkling cymbal. The cymbal, when you go, I go to the cymbal and then I begin to hit it. Chime, 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 chime. That's why when drummers are playing and they go chime, chime, chime. Sometimes it, it, it even becomes irritating to the person who is singing. <laughs> Have I said something wrong? Because if it becomes so loud, it's empty. It is hollow. Hallelujah. But anything so you realize that deep men of God, they don't talk much. And they say that when people mature in the Lord, they say very little of themselves. They say very little of themselves because they have depth. And then they are full of something. And they open their mouth and you begin to speak. When you go around any of our bishops, he said, this is you no. Know, you have to be careful. Because if you, if you don't take care, it's like the conversation, where the conversation will go, you realize that you, you don't have depth. They ask you, hey, Pastor Hara, what do you think about this? Say, I don't think about that. <laughs> what do you think about that? I don't think about that. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. Amen. For the sake of time, we, and we have two minutes. Emptiness is attractive to Satan. Anything that is empty, Satan wants to fill it. In actual fact, nature abhors vacuum. Anything that is that's so why when you are buying a house, you are moving into an apartment, you are going to live in a place, and the place has been empty. You have to take prayer there first. Because anything that has been empty has been occupied by something. Don't just move your things and you go and sit inside and you are enjoying. You need to drive one out so that your spirit can enter. If you are not strong, you'll be sharing that place with something else. 
Are you still here? You have gone home. And this is the truth. Hallelujah. This is the truth. In Luke chapter 11, verse 25, the Bible says that when an unclean spirit is cast out, it goes and it roams about. What does it mean? It's like it roams about. It goes and goes and goes. And when it goes, it does not find the place. It means that it went to some people and the people were full. The people were not empty. The people were not shallow. That is why it didn't find a place and then came back to the old vessel. Can I have an amen? Because sometimes when deliverance and stuff are going on, if the person is not willing, leave the demon in there. Don't drive the demon out. Because Bible says that when the demon comes back, it's coming with what? Seven more wicked. Seven more wicked spirits. That's why that. Then he goes he and takes him what? Seven other spirits more wicked than himself. It's like more wicked spirits. And then they enter in. They come back. Because this time around when they come, they want to make sure that you are in a worse state than you used to be. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? So when you are empty, something will fail you. That is why we must fill our lives with something. Join a ministry. Join something. You must do something for God. That keeps you occupied. You cannot just be, be like, you know, you just show up in church and you go. If you are empty, empty, there is emptiness, no word in you, no church activity. Fill yourself with something. Bible talks of Stephen, that Stephen was full of faith and was full of the Holy Ghost. He had filled himself with good things. Hallelujah. Some people are filled with bad things. Wickedness. I recently saw one, one guy, there was a, a school or so, family reunion, this reunion, and they were doing something, and this guy, whether he was drunk or something, he sat behind a, a car. How many of us have seen that? And then, like, he sat behind, you know, on, on somebody's car, like they are playing, and then the person, you know, like, you know, just receiving fans, and then the person moved. They came off and they fell. Instantly, they died. So his friend was standing there saying, Hey, Charlie Jack, you can't Jack, you came here, hold the guy's hands. The thing was coming down. Instantly, he landed wrongly. That was the end of him. People act foolishly because they are empty. We take choices contrary to what God would want us to do because we are empty. There is no word. And Satan just comes in and comes to fail. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Nature abhors vacuum. Every emptiness, Satan will fill it. You can either fill it with good things or you can fill it with bad things. So we must choose to fail. There's a camp meeting we are going to fail. There's a prayer meeting we are going to fail. There's a retreat we are going to fail. There's this we are going. Try to invite, you know, good things. There's a message here. I want to listen. There is this thing here. I want to, you know, spiritual things, positive things. You know, feed yourself with positive things. Because the way a man thinketh, Bible says that that is how you will become. What you feed on is what people will see on the outside. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? If you feed junk food, you, you cannot hide to manifest one way or the other it will manifest can I have an amen? amen if you eat healthy it will manifest can I have an amen, amen. hallelujah I said hallelujah amen. 
I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our life is so vacant. We have Christians whose lives are vacant. That is why they will go and put a song on and turn the video on and they are dancing and they are putting it on YouTube. Vacant. Emptiness. That's why you, you, you are not a chef. But you open your kitchen and you put a video there and you say, I'm cooking this, this, and you are putting a vacant emptiness. May it be that you are sharing your quiet time. What, have I said something wrong? Yeah. Emptiness. Seriously. If everything that you do is out there, you, you are not matured. You are not matured. Forgive me for saying that. But a serious Christian, there are certain things, because anything that the devil sees is able for him, easy for him to attack. Even your children should not be put out there. It's like, eh, Somebody showing a video of, you know, some they are sickness and they are putting it there. They are here, they are putting it there. I mean, where I come from, you don't put these things like that. Somebody would just look at it and do. That's it <laughs> over here. It doesn't happen. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Pregnant three days. trying to eat the thing that is inside. <laughs> when you meet some people pregnant, but you want to tag your belly in, the thing will not go inside. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Are you still here? Let us fill our lives. When there's evangelism, make yourself available. There is this, make yourself available. Because one of the things that keeps us alive in this country is because we get ourselves involved in the things of God. If not, our life will be so empty. Sister Victoria, if you were home and it's not work, it's not cooking, it's not having a good time with your husband, what will you be doing? Just sleep. Just sleeping. And sleeping too if you sleep too much. <laughs> that one too has his, his own troubles. Yeah. The day you say, oh, today I'm sleeping early, 7 o'clock. Hey, you get up 4. They say, hey, let me add 1 hour. 5, let me add 1 hour. 6, let me add that. By the time you realize it's 9 o'clock, that's when you actually have the time. By the day you know that you have only 3 hours to sleep, you're able to sleep 3 hours and you get up and you are sound. God is wonderful. Let us learn. So we just look at these two, and God willing, we'll continue. Shall we rise to our feet? Yeah. Hallelujah. These are books that are in the house. Banana, what? How much is this? Ten. We believe the word of God has actually come down to you, and you have been blessed. Come join our services at 4200 Belrad Drive in Louisville, Kentucky, this and every Sunday at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m.